Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders, hosted by Mike Sakopoulos and produced by the American Association for Physician Leadership. Marriages and domestic partnerships between physicians are not unusual. Unfortunately, the practice of medicine can be stressful. Managing a successful relationship between physicians takes some effort and planning. Some conventional strategies for domestic bliss just don't work when it comes to busy physicians. On this episode of Sound Practice, we will be joined by a pair of physicians that have given great thought on how to make a relationship between physicians thrive. Let my guests guide you to a successful partnership or marriage. Let's begin. My guests today are Dr. Yolanda Becker. She is a transplant surgeon. My other guest today is Dr. Brian Becker. He is the Executive Vice President of JPS Health Network in Fort Worth, Texas. Doctors, welcome to Sound Practice. Hi. Great to be here. Thanks. Uh, Well, thank you for your time. Um, Now, I'm sure my audience is thinking, Uh, Is it some wild coincidence that these two physicians have uh, the same last name? And it is not, uh, for purposes of our audience, should know that uh, you're married. Dr. Yolanda Becker, can you set the stage for us? Tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. So um, I'm a transplant surgeon and recently retired from the University of Chicago and took on a new position as the director of career and professional development at the Burnett School of Medicine at TCU. Um, We moved here uh, for Brian's new job and which prompted some changes in my career. We have two awesome children, uh, both college age and um, our son Ian is at Occidental in LA and preparing to go for a semester abroad in Australia, which we are very excited about for him. Um, Our daughter, Anna, is adopted from China and is an industrial design student at Pratt in New York City, and we're getting ready to bring her back as well. Um, So they are both juniors in college, uh, and it has been a real adventure uh, to have them in our lives, uh, and they've certainly enriched us in so many ways, Um, as have our two dogs, our two geckos, a guinea pig, and two fish. Um, also kind of left over from children going off to college. <laughs> I, I certainly uh, understand. It sounds like you're both um, quite busy. Brian, you must certainly know other physician couples. Do you think that your experience is similar to most dual physician couples? I think we have found a lot of shared experiences when we meet and have interacted with folks who are also married and physicians. Some of those shared experiences just relate to family, juggling a lot of different responsibilities and work and where and how those emphases shift all the time. I also think we've had a few aspects of our relationship that are a touch unique. Um, With my wife being a transplant surgeon, the hours are a little bit worse than you might've anticipated in other specialty areas. And it actually, I would say, put into place some choices along the way that we needed to make 
And I don't know that everybody's encountered those to the same extent, but those choices, I think, have been important as to who we are and how successful we believe our family is. Excellent. Well, this interview, in large part, comes out of an article that uh, the two of you did for the uh, Physician Leadership uh, Journal, an excellent uh, article with some great advice. Um, and it actually provides a really great framework for for analysis. It was interesting to me, you started off the article with a bit of how to keep perspective in a situation, uh, something that we could all certainly use more of. Maybe you can give me some advice on how to keep uh, perspective. Certainly, marriage is difficult, and oftentimes a little perspective is is called for. Uh, Dr. Yolanda uh, Becker, would you want to um, to take that question? Sure. I think you're right that perspective um, is at times difficult. And certainly uh, you have to recognize that there are many different perspectives in the context of a marriage. And I think um, one thing we have are the, the Becker House rules. And this really these really are the, the two rules under which we uh, we function in our family. The number one rule is do not panic. And the number two rule is, will it matter in 25 years? And so at times, you know, inevitably there will be times when um, it gets a little bit rough and we have to just keep the communication open, understand that there are going to be areas of agreement and disagreement. And that's actually what makes an, a relationship so very interesting is to have somebody with a different perspective than your own and understand where your perspectives come together. Uh, to, especially in the context of family. Um, so we really do ask each other, you know, will it matter in 25 years? And if it does, and we need to change what we're doing, then we change what we're doing. And if we realize that it, it may be a matter of, okay, I just kind of had my feelings hurt today at work and I was counting the ceiling tiles and my office wasn't as big as somebody else's. And it's helpful to have that other person's perspective to, we just smile and nod and say, you know, I think we were counting tiles. And then we realize that in 25 years, the number of tiles that I had in my office is really not going to matter. And we, and we stop and smile and have dinner. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a great way to, to approach it. And certainly a long-term perspective is, is a great way to um, uh, keep things in perspective in the, in the near term. Uh, although, it can be difficult, right, to take that long-term perspective uh, at any any given moment. I want to talk about a relatively recent study uh, that said 40% of physicians are likely to marry either another physician or a healthcare professional. One study found, however, that having a spouse or partner who worked as a non-physician healthcare professional increased the odds of burnout by 23%. Is this, do you think, higher or lower for uh, burnout in dual physician couples? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I wish I had data. I could answer that question really well. Um, I'm thinking. Well, you have an N of one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that part of the reason that individuals feel comfortable with and align with partners who are in their profession, in this case, healthcare, is they're really in a, in a place where they have a lot of empathy. They can understand a lot of the challenges, the day in, day out circumstances that 
the other person faces, whether it's dealing with patients, dealing with issues in the workplace, and some of the emotional stresses and strains that um, tap into different parts of you at different ages that other individuals don't normally encounter on such a frequent basis. For instance, those physicians who have to deal with death, um, which is not as common among others. I, I, you know, I think if there's going to be a mitigating factor towards burnout, it is that level of empathy and also hopefully that level of cross-checking, which is, hey, you're hitting a point where things are stressed and strained a bit. How do we find a different way of channeling? And, and an individual in your profession may sense that better than somebody outside of it. I think that's a, an excellent uh, analysis and answer. Yolanda, your, your article has several core areas uh, that you talk about in your relationship. And I thought this was an extremely helpful system of analysis for a relationship. And the first core area that you start off with is family. Can you discuss how that core area um, plays out in your uh, relationship? Yeah, um, certainly family family comes first uh, in our relationship. We uh, we both agreed on that many, many years ago, probably before we even got married. Uh, and we both come from very strong families ourselves. We were both blessed with parents who, who were married 50 plus years. Um, and we saw the stresses and the strains that they went under. My family um, was a two-career family. They were both chemists. And Brian's uh, father was an ophthalmologist. And his mom was a, uh, a home CEO. Um, so we've seen how, you know, we've seen those relationships. I think that, um, that one of the things we appreciate is that we learn from them and we've learned from ourselves how important it is to create a supportive and open environment where um, our children feel safe, we feel safe expressing what our needs are for any particular day, what our stresses and strains are, and not being afraid to share uh, those kinds of things. You mentioned earlier a little bit about burnout and couples and how we can prevent those things. And I think it is having a, a, a deep understanding of the person across from you, what their needs are. There are definitely days when Brian walks in, I'm like, yeah, we're going to order out Chinese tonight. I'm not going to attempt to make anything or believe me, he's smiling because he's the one who usually makes dinner. Even, even now when I was, you know, when I had retired because he's the, he's a wonderful cook. Um, so we always understand that the decisions that we make um, has have always been in the context of family. Um, and I, I think that keeps us centered and keeps us um, having that 25 year rule because, you know, our children, God willing, will be with us. Uh, you know, obviously they're 21. We're getting up on that 25 year rule and hopefully for much, much longer. So it, it just it helps us to prioritize those decisions that we have to make. Excellent. Brian, let's move to the next core area that you describe in your your article and that's domestic help can we talk a little bit about domestic help and how that plays out in a marriage yeah th this one's domestic help is always one of those things that's probably at the outset a tension driver because it's a cost 
And yet when you're in a marriage, and I would argue a two physician marriage with work, call schedules, kids to take care of, and the general things you got to do around the house and get errands done and get people to appointments, there's this moment in time where you say, I just need help. And that's, I think, the accession to let's figure out where the areas that we can get help in. And that will be much more beneficial towards sustaining us and our family and also keeping sanity. That can be things, again, around the house, ranging from taking care of the lawn. If you live in a place, and we did for many years, you had a bunch of lawn care to take care of, to just getting extra help dealing with the kids and knowing they're going to get picked up from school when they're little and you can't break out of what you're doing. So I think that's a tension that most people confront if they're going to have a family. And it is so important to fostering just a sense of, hey, we're here for each other. And yep, our time's divided. And we reach a point that you migrate from this is a challenge and a potential financial investment to this is a benefit that we need to take advantage of so that we actually feel better and we don't feel guilty about it. Well, it also seems to me to have some bearing upon your uh, clinical skills, peace of mind, right? When you're, when you're treating um, patients and seeing patients that the last thing that you want to be thinking in the midst of a transplant surgery, Yolanda, uh, uh, is um, it, are, are my kids gonna get picked up uh, uh, from school, right? Absolutely. And I think that there are many studies um, about two careers, whether it's physicians or, or not, but certainly as physicians, um, that it can take up to 2.5 FTEs in your household to do the other things that need to be done. Um, the nice thing, I mean, we are so fortunate to be able to have people to help because we didn't live near either set of grandparents. They came in to visit quite frequently, but it was a visit. So we really needed to understand that we needed the help to be willing to ask for it, willing to accept it. Um, you know, Brian and I laughed that even after our children started to drive and um, then they went off to college, we continued to have our, our house manager, we renamed our house manager, she was no longer our nanny, um, to continue to help with the house, you know, things like we have dogs and, you know, just all that stuff because you have a peace of mind so you can bring your full self to what you're doing, including bringing your full self to the commitment to family and your relationships because you're not worrying about things like, you know, mowing the lawn. I like to putter in the garden, but I don't necessarily want to mow the whole lawn. Um, it's very nice to come home to a clean house. You know, these kinds of things that keep your mind uncluttered and I think contribute to the overall wellness of your yourself and your family. Um, the ability to have people to uh, help us with things also allows us to continue to do things like exercise. And, you know, that's an important part of our lives. Our children... Now, when now that they're old enough, sometimes accompany us. It was great when sometimes, like you know, one time I went for a run and my daughter was up early enough that she rode her bike along very slowly next to me. 
So those kinds of things I think are are very important so that you can um, you can also, you know, it's, it's the oxygen mask analogy in an airplane. They say, take care of yourself first by putting on your oxygen mask before helping another. And so um, by allowing ourselves to have help in and around the house um, for things that, that we can have other people do, we are able to spend valuable time um, taking care of our family and ourselves. That's could not be more more important. Now, when we started the discussion of of, of having some some help, Brian, you, you mentioned that it always comes up to to finances, at least in in the beginning, and that really gets us to our our next uh, core area, and that that that's finances. I know that finances are stressful in in many marriages. Uh, how does this play out in a dual physician uh, marriage? You know, it is the probably single most contentious topic, no matter what, when you think about what you're ending up choosing to prioritize, and if you will, invest in as a family and as a couple. Um, our personal experience was really framed very early. Uh, we kind of went from the ad hoc, we're coming out of training and making a lot of money in addition, moonlighting to, wow, we're going to be on a salaried position and we're going to end up having to make some decisions, both from a budget standpoint, what we wanted to do and how we were going to afford a first home, and also what that moment in time was when we said we're going to invest in our future. And that meant, hey, we are hoping to have kids and therefore we need to put money away. And how much of that are we going to do on a regular basis? I think we frame that discussion, much like Yolanda noted a few moments ago, as something we would talk about on a regular basis, as something we would come to an agreement on and not instantaneously forcing whatever decision it was, but really contemplating it and getting some expert advice from people outside, not just of our family, but outside of our our professional realm. So going to individuals who spend time with that as a primary employment mechanism. And with that information, I think have made some good decisions along the way, not just to live within our means, which I think has been very helpful and allowed us to be able to do many things. And also to be able to have things planned and prepared for emergencies and things that popped up that were problematic that we didn't anticipate and not be stressed from a financial standpoint of having to undertake a dip into savings that was very unanticipated. It took planning, it took time, and it took good advice. Do you, do you recommend for physician couples before they're married to do any kind of uh, premarital counseling? So, uh, we have, uh, when we got married, um, we did have premarital counseling with our rabbi, and um, the there was there was a very large questionnaire that each of us answered independently of one another, and finances actually was was one of the one of the questions about you know how do you spend money, um, how do you think about things, and actually it was it was a great learning experience. Um, we went on our first date and 11 months later we were married 
Um, and we were a little older. We just celebrated our 29th anniversary, which is amazing. Uh, gets better every year. Um, and so in the premarital counseling, I think it really set up um, a, a really good understanding of the other person in a very non-judgmental, non-confrontational way. These were just the questions we answered. And, um, and we talked about the differences and the similarities, the things that we were comfortable with, maybe a little bit uncomfortable with. And it was good to understand our different management styles. So Brian is very much the big idea person. And I'm very much the details person. Um, we are a bit of a study in opposites. Um, I'm kind of the all dials to the right extrovert. And um, so having that premarital counseling and that understanding was super important. You know, in some of the executive training we've had since that time, we've come to understand things like, Brian understands that if I've had to be quiet all day, I'm actually really tired because it's hard for me to be quiet. I understand, especially in the role that he has right now, he has to present all day long and he has to talk all day long while he does an amazing job at it. When he comes home, that's no longer what he needs and he needs the quiet time. So understanding that, how we communicate, even very early on in our marriage, I'm absolutely positive, kept things on a very even keel over the years, because I never interpret that Brian's not talking because he's, quote, mad at me. He's just, he's had a big day, and it doesn't mean he had a bad day. It's just, he's been out there all day, and he needs a little space. He needs time to go running. He needs time to exercise. And it's it's great to be able to have that understanding at the beginning of 29 years, rather than having to figure that out on your own sometimes. Now, Brian, I'm interested in position couples. Do you think that it um, increases, decreases the likelihood of success of the couple if they are in the same uh, area, specialties of, of medicine or not? That's an interesting question. At the outset of a career or in an early stage of a relationship, there probably are a fair number of synergies that make it easier for people to feel comfortable and to advance towards whatever level of career success they're portraying. It, one wonders, and I think we developed over time a degree of complementary activities if depending on who you are that's sustainable and part of that is just the inherent at times natural competitive streaks that some people may have and they may feel competitive with their spouse or their partner in a way that they didn't envision when they were starting their relationship and that can drive a lot of feelings that aren't always positive um, Someone's getting advancement versus not. Someone's getting career opportunities versus not. And that may actually undermine some of the shared joy and, and life that those individuals want to have. Um, so I think it takes some special people if that's going to be in the same area. And I would argue we have been fortunate. We've had a very complementary approach through the years, even when we were working all the time clinically in the same actual environment, the same 
hospital and clinic setting. So we had an advantage that we interrelated and we weren't necessarily trying to go down together the same swim lane with regards to career advancement. Well, that, that certainly makes sense. Yolanda, is, is our, is our time is, is running out. I, I know that you're uh, working at uh, advising medical uh, students at the, at the moment. And while it may not be part of your job, if you had a pair of medical school uh, students come to you that were thinking about marriage, uh, what advice would you provide to them? That, that is a, a great question. And it is actually something that I do talk to the students about actively. I meet, meet with each and every student in the class. And, um, and because it is an inaugural medical school and because of the way that the curriculum is designed very differently than the traditional four-year medical school curriculum. It's designed um, with a trademark on the empathetic scholar. So it has attracted some um, non-traditional students, students who have families already, um, and some students who have, and that was not something that was common when Brian and I went to, to medical school. Um, and so I've had the opportunity to speak with them. And I do advise them about, you know, take care of your relationship take care of your spouse. Um, you know, medicine can be almost like a third individual or an extra child in a relationship. Um, and uh, so when there, and yes, of course, when there are two medical students, um, or if there's one medical student and a non-medical student, it is very important for them to understand this, uh, that open communication and being able to step back and step out of your own shoes is very important. And I remind them that, that they need to remember to step out and look at where the other person is, what their perspective is to, to keep a healthy relationship. Um, and also to not be afraid to ask, what do you need today? not just what is it that I need, what is it that my residency need or my career needs? What is it that that you need today? Um, and then be ready to deliver on what that need might be. Sometimes it's just, I need five minutes of your time. You know, I need you to put your phone away and, and sit down and have dinner with me. You know, I just like to go for a walk with you. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I have really enjoyed over the years um, it's that we have dogs and we walk the dogs. And um, as our careers matured, um, there are times, you know, that we could really, you know, we walk the dogs together and, and it's just, it's just fun. Um, and so I do definitely bring up that topic because I think it's relevant. I think it is too. There are some, um, some lucky medical students to have uh, your, your perspective and, and helping them along. And it, it, it sounds like um, your, your dogs are uh, lucky too, to get uh, such, such attention. I thank you both. My guests have been uh, Dr. Yolanda Becker and Dr. Uh, Brian uh, Becker. And thank you so much for your time today and being on Sound Practice. Thank you. Thank you so much. My thanks to Drs. Becker for their thoughtful advice. By discussing their marriage, they have provided useful information to other physician couples. My thanks also to the American Association for Physician Leadership 
for making this podcast possible. Please join me next time on Sound Practice. We release a new episode every other Wednesday. You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts so you can automatically receive our episodes. And please rate us and comment on the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at American Association for Physician Leadership. We are the world's premier organization for all aspects of physician leadership in every sector of healthcare. Learn more at physicianleaders.org. Had his holy cow, but man and Robin went from Kapow.